Uh, either way, we can talk about it. I'm, I think, like one area from the end. We can wait till you both finish it. I have beaten it. Well, I don't know what counts as beating the game. <laughs> <laughs> you have beaten. You have beaten the the your first playthrough. I have a clear save. <laughs> Who's got the air horn sound effect? Happy Prime Day! Are we excited for Prime Day? The workers at Amazon warehouses sure aren't. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I I guess by the time this airs, uh, Prime Day will have been completed. But it's it's been okay. It's been an okay one. But I'm bringing it up. I have a very specific reason. Guys, we're going to do this live on episode one six. What number is it? Got him. <laughs> Dang it. I think it's 164. Three or four? I think. Are we past that? I don't know. Are we 164? But it doesn't, it doesn't, so doesn't matter. And He's Apple right wants it that. to not matter even more because now they double number them for some reason. I don't get it. Blame Apple. Blame Canada. Don't blame Canada. Bl- Canada got us our best Instagram ever. It is 164. Okay. This is 164. Prime Day is here. You guys, Joy-Cons are on sale for uh, $20, uh, $10 off-ish. Oh, yeah? Yeah. There's there's a Switch console for normal price plus a free $35 gift card. Well, by then this will be over. However, uh, you can help me pick colors for my Joy-Cons because I think Ooh. I should get a second set. I mean, that would be a good plan if you first maybe brought your Switch and we played, let's say, Super Mario Party, a game I own. Uh, or Mario Kart, a game I own. So a we should get game. some... Well, you there have we extra Joy-Cons, technically, because you have a no. Switch. A true, yeah, fair enough. That is very true. But if we don't want to repair your Joy-Cons, uh, 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 it's time to get some here. Yeah. Anywho. I have a gray switch, which means I have gray Joy-Cons. Neon pink and neon green are available. So are neon blue and neon red. And I believe neon yellow do not count for the Prime Day. Discount. Yeah. What are we feeling? What's it? What's it? It's tough, right? I just would go normally go for the red and blue. Uh, I was going to say that's my leaning because I like that the classic quote-unquote switch colors that that like blue and red color scheme but that leaves me with two grays still right so then i've got three colors instead of four colors and that just it's off well but the other ones are two separate colors also right it's like pink and whatever correct so it's either and green it's either pink and green or red and blue or stick with gray and I have oh, you can gray. get gray also. Could get gray, yes. Oh, so oh, you have a match okay, okay. set. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, this is why we're doing this on the pod, because I can't choose. JJ, what color are yours? Uh, mine are gray. Oh, that makes it even worse, because then I would be like, oh, yours are red and blue. Then we can't have red and blue. I'll have all the gray ones, which means, Michael, I'm sorry, but when you get a switch, you'll have to have neon green and pink. Well, I was going to get the red and blue. Ah, uh, got, got it. 
I'm at a loss. I don't know. But if you tell me a reason of why a certain color, I will buy it right here live on this podcast. I love exerting control over others. So I will say that I really, you know, that red and, and blue color is a classic. It's always good to have uh, ways to differentiate your various controllers apart. And they are not like the inferior knockoff brand controller, which is also very important. Yeah, for real, uh, especially for these. I've heard some horror stories about the Bluetooth and the knockoffs. So that's, uh, that's my opinion there. And then if you're playing with other people or uh, children or whatever, then they have a fun colored one that they can hold. I see. Um, okay. That's Ooh. my reasoning there. Okay. Blam. But. Oh, they're not going to arrive in time for Comic-Con. We're going to have to repair oh, your oh, no, not, at, not at this point. <laughs> all the all the same day, next day shipping stuff, I think, happened pretty early. Yeah, these are in stock on July 25th. <laughs> yeah, there, there you go. That'll be uh, 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 an August situation. Be, the, we'll in, have them in time for BlizzCon. Hey. In the, in the meantime, can I interest you guys in some hot 2DS bundles? Say what? I bet <laughs> they have a they have a bunch of 2DS bundles for Prime Day. Prime Day, yeah. Where 2DS uh, bundle? I gotta know. I, but I, I mean, what do you want? Another 2DS? Do you have a 2DS? No, like, I don't have a 2DS. I want that Zelda 2DS. If it's in a bundle, you can interest me in deep discounts on 2DS slash 3DS software. But right, that's not what hardware. I mean. If he says it's a bundle and it comes with yeah, a bunch if, of software, I don't have. If the bundle is buy hardware and get soft, I'm not interested. But it's a 2DS hard hardware. You don't have a 2DS. It's the same thing, my man. It's, <laughs> you it's not slide that slider down to 3D <laughs> off, and it is the same. It's actually strictly worse because there's no clamshell. So, right? Yeah, you're really unselling me on it here. Wait, hold on. They have 2DS <laughs> XLs that are clamshells. Oh, so where are these bundles, man? I don't see any bundles. I absolutely saw bundles earlier. Maybe they're gone. Maybe they oh, were maybe uh, gone. a limited thing. Maybe they're all arriving on July 25th. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they're, yeah, maybe they're not here yet. All right. Don't forget I your Joy-Cons when we go to Comic-Con. Yeah. Forced transition. Love it. Uh, we're going to go to Comic-Con. That's starting the day this records. I believe the all of us will arrive the, the, the day, day after. you hear this. Yeah, the day you hear this, we'll be driving or living nearby. Yeah. Yep. And uh, let's talk about some pre-Comic-Con stuff for a second. Last year, we had kind of a different experience with maybe the most sought-after thing at Comic-Con. The most... Imp mm, the thing that people ask you about when they know about Comic-Con, like the... When people don't know about the Comic-Con, they're like, do you dress up? Like, yes, right. that is the first question I always right. get. Right, so that's the people outside of it that have never been there. And the people that have been like two times or know people that go regularly, the other question is, what are the exclusives this year? Most yeah. years, the exclusives are waiting in line for something. Recently, yep. we've talked on this podcast about the new exclusives system, which is... JJ called cough, it a democrat. Oh, yeah. All right. JJ called it the most democratic way, which it was until this year. I mean, I don't know. It's still democratic. It's just like 
electoral college representation or yeah, something now terrible. We've, we've moved to republic from democratic. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yes, yeah. it's a republic now. Yeah, yeah now good. it's a republic. We all have cast. My political theory is low. Uh, my score is low there. So, yeah. Um, it should be getting higher from Civ 6. How's Civ 6? Oh, man. <laughs> Transition. <laughs> no, I, wanna, I don't know which Just one to do. Hard, we're making hard turns hard, tonight, JJ. Yeah, okay. uh, well, speaking of Canada, um, <laughs> uh, I started playing Civilization VI Gathering Storm, which I bought in the waning days of the Steam sale because I had a $5 credit burning a hole in my pocket. Uh, what did that make the expansion? Uh, it was on sale for like 10 or 20% off or something and minus 5 and it was already 30 so it was like under $20. Hmm. Um, after all my credit and whatnot, so nice. uh, I considered that a worthy purchase for a game I will probably play for you know a hundred hours or something. Sure, uh, yeah. you know over the course of my life because that's how long Civ games take. Uh, and I booted up. I played a full standard length game as Eleanor of Aquitaine. Okay, uh, who is a character from history who was both a ruler in france and then later her husband died and remarried to a ruler in england Ooh. uh so she can play both uh, as either Eng her english version or french version and has different units and different powers uh, under the two her like leader bonus is the same in both cases but has like different stuff whether you're playing as france or england okay oh. english flavor stuff or france flavor stuff france uh, flavor it was pretty cool. yeah, like France. You can build a chateau, which gives Royale with cheese flavor. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then the English one, you get like a unique naval unit, and I forget the other thing. Hmm. Um, so it was it was really fun. Um, the new thing in this expansion, the Gathering Storm, is uh, the, as the name may imply, <laughs> there are uh, natural disasters uh, that they have oh. added. Oh yeah. Uh, and then they have, uh, not necessarily implied by the name, but they have fleshed out the diplomacy system a bunch. I have I heard some positive things and some negative things about this. As it goes with Civ expansions. <laughs> not everyone <laughs> likes all the changes. Okay. Uh, I think the natural disasters so far, uh, there's like a slider when you start the game for like how frequent and devastating you want them to be. You can set it from like, hey, they don't occur. To like they occur a little bit and aren't that bad. And if you set it's like one to five, right? If you set it on four and five, the uh, range that can be affected is increased and the damage they do is uh, bigger and they last longer. Uh, they're pretty interesting. They do some, they have both drawbacks and um, bonuses. So, like, if the river floods and, and floods out your tile, it might damage or potentially destroy some of the improvements you have based around that river. Um, but those tiles then gain production or um, gain yields like, you know, they, they produce more food or something like that in years after the flood subsides. So there's pluses and minuses there. Um, you can also research technologies and build buildings that are like, it's a dam on this river such that now it never floods. <laughs> or, um, but however, now when a flood would happen, you don't get any bonuses. So like, you know, pluses and minuses, right? Mm hmm. Um, there are like stuff like volcanic eruptions and, uh, sandstorms coming out of the deserts and blizzards. Uh, all these things generally will like damage your tiles, but have the chance to also make the tiles, uh, slightly better. So that stuff is all interesting. Um, as the game plays on, uh, they've introduced this concept of powering, uh, various improvements and things in your cities. So like if you want to run the workshop in your 
uh, industrial district, you need power. And to get power, you can do things like burn coal or oil or, you know, nuclear reactors. If you've researched that technology for uranium, these sorts of mm. things, they generate power, but they also generate CO2. Can you which choose is, whether or not to use RBMK reactors? Uh, not yet. I haven't seen that tech. Okay. But I didn't get all the way to the end of the tech tree. So, you know, who can say? Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you uh, advice based on watching that HBO show. Don't use RBMK uh-huh. reactors. Maybe not a good plan. Mm-mm. Okay. Uh, I know nuclear tech, like fission and then later fusion are on the tech tree. So, I mean, those things are relatively safe. Just, you know. Not the not the one from Chernobyl, huh? Don't tip your <laughs> control rods with graphite. Makes sense. I always say that. <laughs> well, uh, congratulations on naming the podcast. <laughs> uh, and... So it's been, and the CO2 is compiled globally. So not just what you and your civilization oh, produces. I see. This but is a propaganda all civilizations game. are I doing. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh, and as. Your Civ gets bonus for buying electric cars? No. Oh. Uh, Captain, uh, Captain Trade. As oh, the CO2 Trade, levels, okay. as the CO2 levels globally rise, uh, the water where the ocean is rises and potentially floods tiles destroying them forever how can it flood tiles man all that stuff would just run off the sides because the earth is flat oh see that's a good point yeah I see this game consider is that whack one. uh however it proves to you it's flat the game also tells flat. the game it doesn't have to be you can have curved monitors these days oh uh god the world is a ring world <laughs> We're living on a halo. Oh, my God. It's a Dyson sphere, you guys. Come on. <laughs> I see. That makes more sense, um, actually. Uh, wow, that was like very deeply nerdy. <laughs> um, we appreciated it. Uh, but the game tells you, even in like the prehistoric era, if you're settling near the coast, hey, this tile is the first one that's going to be destroyed. This one is later, and these ones will be the last or whatever. Huh. Um. So you have advanced knowledge of like, hey, this one is gonna isn't gonna be bad for this tile here. Do you only uh, get the advanced knowledge once you get satellites? Basically, no, you get it from the first time you try to settle a, a city. Hmm. So like the prehistoric era settler, if knows you use that the view, it knows know, knows <laughs> that we're not gonna be able to control our carbon emissions in sixty thousand years. Uh, or you can do what I did in that particular game and win in like you know fourteen hundred A.D. and obliviate the entire need because who cares <laughs> okay wait, wait when you win in 1400 that's military right uh, i won via religion Ooh, okay Ooh, okay yep. uh, the religion stuff was added in the second expansion rise and fall i believe um and in order to win via religion you just have to convert the majority of cities in the world or the, the majority of cities in every empire to your religion Okay, that makes okay. I had to parse that for a second. You have to get every every empire has to follow you. Yes, it's not population based anymore. Thank God, because it can be very hard to convert like a town of thirty citizens or whatever to majority your people. Right. Uh, So yeah, but um, so that was that game, and then I started a new game on a longer game length, playing as uh William Laurie. I think I'm saying it right of Canada. Oh, Canada. Oh, Canada. Uh, and <laughs> their unique improvement is an ice hockey rink. <laughs> and their unique unit yeah. is the Mountie. Uh, yes. Nice. 
because of course it is. Course uh, it and is. also the their unique like civilization trait is that you can never declare a surprise war on them because you're too nice and no one would be mean to you like that <laughs> or something. <laughs> it was very funny uh, and like extremely stereotypical. And I'm only in like the Bronze Age in that game, so I don't have access to any of that stuff yet. Wonderful. Well, how's the yeah. new diplomacy, though? The new diplomacy is really interesting. I don't think I have grasped all the ways the system works yet. Mm-hmm. Because the uh, you earn there's a new currency called uh, diplomatic favor that you essentially earn over time or by uh, you can trade it among the various leaders or whatever to get stuff that you want. It's like oh they have access to a resource that I want. Normally you would trade them like oh I'll trade you this luxury resource they'll trade me that one kind of a thing. Right. Well now you can trade them a bunch of diplomatic favor instead and you have essentially given up only that and gained the luxury resource in return. However, they can then spend the diplomatic favor at various points. Um, at some point, you can start spending it to win or to get points towards a diplomatic victory. Uh, I didn't see that in that game again because 1400 AD got, <laughs> got there pretty quick. Sure. Um, but uh, you can also spend it on uh, votes, essentially, that happen at the World Congress. Um, and the World Congress just has these sort of generic, like, hey, this civilization wants to do this. And you can say, oh, I want to ban anyone from using this resource because, like, obviously a bunch of my opponents have it. Or I want to make this resource worth double. Uh, and you can vote yes or no and who it targets. Um, and then you can use diplomatic favor to buy additional votes. Oh. So by default, you get one, right? It's like a thumbs up or thumbs down. And then every time you want to vote again, you have to pay 10, I think. Uh, and so then, uh, but it also doesn't stop any of the other civs from also doing that. So, you know, you can vote yourself up 10 times and then some other civ could vote themselves up 11 times and then <laughs> you both lose, you know? Um, so it's a, it's an interesting system. I'm not quite sure how the AI plays it every time. The problem and one thing that people have complained about in civ, even in civ five, which is great. Diplomacy is X plus Y equals Z every time. Yeah, you you always know what a civ will do, pretty much. Still the case. So in Civ Six, they added this these um agendas for each leader, uh, and each leader has a public agenda and then like a private agenda. Mm-hmm. They had you that in launch, s- though, right? Yes, yeah, this was in launch, which was sort of supposed to tell you how they were going to act, right? That's not exactly like always how it works. But generally, I've found the civs to be pre- like, at least in this voting stuff, they are generally voting in their interest or the interest of their allies pretty directly almost every time, which is uh, in comparison to how they interact with you when you go into the trade screen or whatever. They may be getting mad at you for doing stuff that you weren't intending or whatever. <laughs> um, they also have changed the way you can declare wars on people or um, they've added these things called grievances. Uh, and I forget what the reverse of them is, but basically they're like reasons to go to war against someone. And if you have a bunch of grievances against the person you're going to war against, people won't get mad at you for declaring wars because everyone's like, oh, they deserved this. That's an improvement. Yes. Uh, so for instance, um, uh, I was, uh, sending my, uh, priests over into this other civilization, converting all their towns. Uh, he told me, hey, you better stop doing this. Uh, I want you to promise to stop doing it. And I said, no, I'm not I'm not going to promise that. <laughs> uh, 
And then he was like, this is, uh, you will pay for this or whatever. And then obtained a hundred grievances against me. Um, and then like 10 turns later or whatever, there was a national emergency uh, session of the Congress declared. And then he and a bunch of people voted against me to ban me from doing stuff that I was doing. Right. And then no, t- maybe 10 turns after that, after I'd gone back and converted, as I started converting more of his cities after that, he was earning additional grievances, right? It was showing it. You earned, he earned 10 for you converting the city. He earned 10 for you converting the city. Um, and then at some point he just like, he and a bunch of people all declared war on me all at once. And it was like, well, I earned this. <laughs> <laughs> so it, that was an interesting way to get an insight into like, hey, the AI is like getting bad at you now. Uh, and then you can do stuff like trade diplomatic favor to them to remove grievances or uh, trade it to them to like improve your relationship with them rather than just giving them free resources or whatever, which, which you can, is what you used to have to do. Right. So it'd be like, oh, OK, I have to take a hit to my amenities or my um, like my gold or whatever, like my economy in order to get to improve my diplomatic relation with these people. Now you use this diplomatic currency to do that as well. Yeah. Um, interesting. I don't know. Like I said, I haven't messed around with it a ton, um, only because the religious victory happened early. Uh, and so far in this Canadian playthrough, I'm, um, the, I started in not a great spot and there are a lot of barbarians. So it's been <laughs> tough. <laughs> do diplomacy with them. I, yeah. You know, the barbarians don't really listen to diplomacy. It's kind of mm. unfortunate. <laughs> Um, so, you know, we'll yeah. see. Uh, you know, I founded Toronto and Montreal in addition to Ottawa. So we're, we're amongst, in there. Amongst those North, North American barbarians. You know, uh, in Civ, <laughs> I, the barbarians are just everywhere. That's true. So, yeah, it's been really good. Um, I'm looking forward to playing more of that. Nice. That's cool. Uh, I'm still waiting for that game of the year edition. Do we think this is the last expansion? I'm trying to remember how many expansions Civ Five got. Two, technically, I think. Yeah. So and then, like a if, short mini thing to start with that was free. I would imagine they're going to do the same number. Okay. Sweet. All right. Uh, we were doing Comic Con exclusives. Well, we weren't. We aren't doing Comic Con exclusives. <laughs> just a spoiler. Yeah. Uh. Okay. So people ask us, what are the exclusives? And last year. I mean, we know what they are. The yeah. problem is we can't get them. Sure. Last yeah, year was like, kind of like, oh, maybe this new portal system actually works out. B- amongst a large group of people, it's easy enough to get into the things where you also, there's an online portal. You select what you're interested in and you say, please uh, put me in the raffle for this thing. I'd like to get in line to pay, pay somebody money. Last or year, not, as the case may be. Or That's not, about right. Yes, yeah. Uh, um, last year, amongst us, we were able to trade and barter and get all the things we needed, right? I mean, Michael got all his Legos, uh, we got a few other things we were interested in, some stuff from Hasbro, etc. Mm-hmm. And this year, either people figured out how to use the portal, or they changed the system a little bit, or somebody out there figured out how to game the system a little bit better, because we have not got access to much of anything yeah i think i only got one i was selected for multiple things last year uh and this year i was selected for one thing 
Um, and amongst, yeah, amongst my number of us got one nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and in the past, you know, I understand if we got selected for nothing and all we had signed up for were the uh, the signings and stuff because those are like super limited. I think they cap them at like a hundred people or something. Yeah, right? and they were always super hard to get into, <laughs> like. <laughs> Even for the dedicated people before, it was never very easy to get any of those signings. And But stuff that has generally in the past been somewhat accessible now just seems like it's if like no one has it. Who got them? I don't know. Yeah, at least in the, in the past, if, if somebody we knew didn't get them, somebody else we knew did, right? Yeah. Hmm. The only person I know who got selected for multiple things was... Uh, a coworker of mine, and he used all of his tickets on a single entry item for each day. That was Whoa. it. So that's how I did mine. And you uh, got... didn't uh, didn't friend Ken get two? Friend Ken did get two. Friend oh, Friendopod okay. got two. Okay, I believe I did not remember that. Uh, so those are you... the only two people I know. Well, but Michael, you you put all yours in for one thing on each day, and how did that turn out? I got uh, one as well. You got one total. Um, so it was, yeah, one total. Interestingly, my um, the wife and I did opposite. So I did she everything did the, on, in one slot each day, and she spread hers she out. She did the spread, which was with, the strategy last year. We wound up with the, the same result. We each got one. Ugh. Yeah. For, you know, for whatever our sample size of two is worth. No, well, our sample size is actually quite a bit larger than, than you'd think, and it's not good. I don't... If the opportunity to get the things, which is silly, right? Because it's a consumerist construct of being able to, like, pay somebody money for something it, for that the has ones, a sticker on it. For the ones that mm-hmm. cost money, it doesn't make sense, I think. But for the ones that are free, I can understand it a little better. Sure, sure. Uh, but not... Many of them are free, just the signings, right? That's basically it. And some some of the yeah. signings are still extremely get there at five in the morning and get in line. It's not it hasn't changed. Um that's not required to go through the system. It's only like Fox that decided Okay, well we'll put all our signings on the system so we I think don't have like the giant crowd on the floor anymore. Fox, HBO, and Warner Brothers did it. But okay. yeah, there's still a yeah. ton that won't be there. And sure. they'll just be giant crowds. Um yep. And apparently you can you can back out of the exclusive system too, as we saw with Lego this year. Yeah, they're not doing the Wait, minifigures can... on the system anymore? Oh no. Minifigs have gone back to the old school get in line and you know, tap the hit the button uh, and iPad. Oh. Yeah. Now how does okay, let's say you win, can you get back in line? <laughs> you can get back in line, but the line is so long by the time they start that they will run out before you get back to the front. Oh, really? Yeah. So you get one tap. So yep. You gather a lot of your friends if you want one. So uh, I have a um uh, from one of my coworkers who is very into doing all this stuff uh, for eBay money. Oh, uh, the, maybe the dreaded reseller. You- if you want to, if you really want to get those minifigures and you're willing to pay for them, uh, but you don't want to pay the prices they're going for on eBay, which are substantial, mm-hmm. what if you stood near the end of that line with a hundred dollars, let's say, 
I did that last year to every person that comes out and says, I will give you this money for this minifigure. Yep. I suspect that you would eventually get a taker relatively quickly. Yeah. I did that for one of them last year. Wow. So I, I, uh, I, I chose the number a hundred dollars randomly, by the way, I have no idea how much you would actually have to well, pay. If you to want get that to done, presale but. a Lego Barb from the stranger things, comic con exclusive, uh, $350 is the current going ask. I wasn't going to put it out there, but yes, they have been going for that much pre-sell. That makes me sick in my mouth. That's also one of those things that's it's that's a dicey thing to bid on because there's no guarantee that the person putting up the listing will get it. Sure, but still, that yep. makes me sick in my mouth. At least the people who are reselling the exclusive portal slot stuff can be relatively assured that they will get the thing that they signed up for relatively. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean like, you know, 90% or whatever, you know, assuming that they can bother to get there in time and stand in line. (laughs) Yeah. That's the thing, right? And pay the initial entrance cost or whatever. Yeah. So at least those are somewhat guaranteed. The minifigures stuff is just FFA dude. I don't know how anyone has a chance. (laughs) Oh my God. So yeah. Um, you know, that is obviously a choice for people who, uh, like, you know, Michael or others really care about them and want to make sure they get all the best stuff. So, so does your brain remember, Michael, uh, how early you had to get in line to do these minifigures? Uh, so that's interesting. The The minifigs were always in the middle of the day. Oh. And I have a feeling they will probably leave them there mm-hmm. rather than dealing with the, the chaos of the morning. Right. Um, it it makes it a little more fair to do the afternoon one because there are instances in the morning where if you get there early enough and you're one of the first people let in, you can go through the line and then get right back in it. Cause it still hasn't gotten, they haven't let in enough people for the line to back up yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, you know, it makes it a little more, of a level playing field when they do it in the afternoon. This also then allows them to move it outside like they have in the past, right? Yes, I'm I'm absolutely sure. Well, the minifigs never moved. They were always outside, even under last year's uh, exclusives lottery. Oh, okay. Yikes. I don't, I don't, this did not leave a good taste in my mouth at all. The price of tickets, uh, I saw something interesting. The price of tickets in general for Comic-Con. Uh, this is the 50th anniversary. The price happy of birthday. tickets, yeah, happy birthday, Comic Con. Uh, the yeah. price of tickets uh, for Comic Con for three days uh, was, I think, uh, twenty dollars total. I three think, days? Yeah, I think it was a three day originally, a three day con. Uh, oh, oh, you mean when, the first Comic Con? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, okay. Uh huh. I think it was twenty dollars total. Uh, if I remember, I'm trying to remember something off the top of my head, which is, of course, a bad idea because I'll get it close to wrong. But <laughs> uh, no, it was less than that. It had to have been less than that because you could have bought 10 gallons of gas and gas was not $2 a gallon or yeah, $2 a gallon. So this is what, 50 years ago, 50 years ago, gas would have been much cheaper. So, oh, oh, oh I remember it now. Okay. 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 <laughs> you ready? Go. All right. So you you could have gone to Comic Con for all the days for ten gallons of gas back then. The average price of a daily ticket, if they had stayed the same with inflation, would be twenty dollars a, a day now. 
And what did we pay? $50 a day? Maybe more? Yeah. Something, yeah. I forget. Yeah, something like that. The total is over 300 right? Yeah. If you get preview night. Yep. So, how does that feel? <laughs> I mean, I guess popularity offer, and more rarity. Rarity, yeah. Okay. I... You know, just, or not not rarity, but like literally physically limited space. Yeah, I don't yeah. know how you square that with the fact that every year it seems to be more popular, despite the fact that there are some years like last year where like it kind of felt like a real down year. <laughs> um, doesn't seem like that'll be the case this year, but right. you know, well, it does seem like the case this year. We've got exclusives, which everyone seems to be upset about now, instead of generally happy with last year. And uh, no TV or movies to speak of, maybe. I, I feel like that's a little bit of bias on our parts, though, where, like, we were happy last year because a bunch of us got stuff, and we're not happy this year because a bunch of us didn't get stuff. I think we were in the minority last year from from what I heard from some larger sample sizes. A lot of people got nothing or only one thing last year. Yeah, same. I heard that from a lot of my coworkers as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't know how... Well, last year they didn't have the point system, right? Yeah. And either we played the point system wrong, but it doesn't seem like that because you guys... You know, Michael and Laura did did them different ways. Seems like I mean, it's random chance is still random chance. I you know, guess. at some yeah. level. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, one of my coworkers made the point to me that if you are purely playing the odds, what the correct math would have been to dump all your points in one thing, because a higher, like more tickets in a random drawing, is better than one ticket in a bunch of different drawings because the way probability adds together, if you're just looking for an outcome of any wins, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, assuming well, that, that they have generally equal amounts of entrance, which is not the case. Right. right. So I that's what you take that math. That's because you take the money aspect out of it because there's math behind. Totally. Like how much stuff more costs. than one lottery ticket because your return, your cash return is, is less per, per yes. dollar spent. Totally. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there, there's all those kinds of considerations as well. But he was just saying, if your goal, if your only goal is to win something off the exclusives portal, you should dump all your tickets for every day into one thing. That was what he thought. And then his strategy, his strategy, I guess, which because it's who knows, is to pick stuff later in the day because he thought people would be more likely to be interested in the stuff earliest in the morning. With making hmm. That's true. That true is not, true because, because schedule. And that's why I'm worried about the Lego minifigures being in the middle of the day is because like, Oh, okay, cool. So this year, there aren't a lot of movies and TV, so a lot of cool panels have showed up at this con, like panels from NASA, and th- you know, because it's the 50th anniversary of Apollo. It's a, fi- it's just a lot of going on at this con that is like they clearly had extra space for cool panels to show up again, rather than like where can we squeeze this obscure CBS show that nobody cares about. You know. So I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know that it's necessarily to say that there isn't stuff there this year. I mean. Marvel Studios is here and they're announcing a slate of movies, probably. So that's like pretty high profile, relatively, right? But, you know, I do agree with you that there's tons of more, way more interesting panels this year than I think I've seen in the last several years. Like, either the person organizing their panels, like, did a way better, more interesting, varied job, or they got someone new for that position, or <laughs> a bunch of the old people decided we don't want to do it anymore. I'm not sure which. There's a lot of cool stuff out there this year. I'm going to be very curious to see when we record. This is an announcement. 
when we record an episode at Comic-Con like we do every year, actually, so far. Yeah, thus far. Uh, what, what our reactions are going to be. It's going to be it's going to be interesting. Uh, what day is that Lego minifig line that I need to be in? Thursday? Uh, I believe that the barb line is on Friday. Friday. I think. Okay, so... I think Spider-Man is Thursday. Hopefully we record after Friday, because then it'll be... I'll be extra salty for, for an yeah. episode. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I will try and wait with you in that line, and uh, I will. I'm planning to have the salt shaker on hand. Yeah, we'll we'll probably wind up in all three of the minifig lines, so maybe we'll record from the line. Ooh, all three? Aren't there four? There three, are only three. Three minifigures. Yeah. Oh, okay. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah, and then Sunday, if they do it, it's spillover. How do you have Got spillover? It. Um, they have they have seemed to have extras every year. I don't know if they hold some back or or what. But Spillover on the exclusives makes sense, especially given the new portal. You have to show up and buy them, and if you don't, they have extra. Uh, right. The right. other thing makes no sense to me. It's a raffle. Give them all away. So here's my question. Um, as a per- person with a Sunday slot to purchase Lego exclusives... You should take that slot because you will get extra things offered to you. Well, I absolutely will be taking it, but my question is more that, like, when you say offered to me, are they going to literally be like, hey, also, would you like to buy these? That's what they did or to us last year, Or is it going to be year, like, yes. hey, would you... Nope, that's or what they did just... to us last year. Okay. Were Not you the Sunday. first slot on Sunday morning, or were you later uh, in the day? We were the you... first slot, and we convinced them because they were doing that sale, I think, to other people. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Didn't something you, like that. I don't remember. Didn't you have to leave early? And so you you convinced them to let you go ahead and buy one because yes. they were planning on opening them anyway. Yes. But anyway, if you have a slot on Sunday in general, I think that you will get offered leftovers. Yes. Okay. Well, my plan is to take advantage of that if I ha- it's offered to me. Or, well, I'm going to ask regardless. So. <laughs> yeah, definitely ask. Um. All right. So Comic-Con episode forthcoming. Probably after we get back from con, since I will not edit it there. I have yeah. no time Don't. for that. No. <laughs> it, uh, and I just want to say, like, I I know we talked about the panels a little bit. Oh, yeah. There's a ton of stuff I kind of want to see this year, which is in, like, kind of stark opposition to how it has been in previous years. I have not been to panels for years. And now it's I've been- got a, a full slate of panels that I want to do. It's been two or three years since I went to a panel, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and this year, I kind of think like I, oh, I'm certainly not going to be able to get into all of them because I assume there will be lines associated that I don't want to deal with. But I will definitely be able to get to some of them because I will have time, right? Or I will have made time. And I'm curious. It's going to be, hmm, I'm not sure how it's going to go. I, I need to get the uh, the map of the halls again to see which rooms are bigger and smaller than other <laughs> ones because I have completely <laughs> forgotten. Is like 5A a big one or is like 6A or 25? I don't remember how the size of any of these rooms. So, Right. Yeah, it'll be cool. It'll be cool to compare and do schedules again. Like, hey, what what's everyone doing now? You know? Yeah. Right on. Well, uh, because we had such a great transition to Comic Con and Civ Six, <laughs> and we missed another transition <laughs> that I could have done. You know what? You can't use Joy Cons with you guys. What's that? Well, that's not true. This is a that's a misnomer. You know, you can't slide your Joy Cons into JJ. Uh, 
No, I'm not sure where this is going. A, the um, news. Yeah. Okay. You're you're right that that was not a good phrase, but Michael got <laughs> where I was going with it. The new switch <laughs> light. Ah, yes. Uh, my red and blue Joy Cons will not uh will not work with the new switch light. Switch Mini. What are they calling it? They're calling switch, it the Switch Light. Switch Light. Is it L I T? Yes. E. Uh, why are we still doing that? What if you took a switch <laughs> I know, and I know. made no, the no, no, idea no. Just, just, that it doesn't switch anymore? You, you, yes. <laughs> it's literally this. The, the whole Ninten- thing about it being able to switch I'm from your TV I'm to your... I'm changing the name of it. It's called the Nintendo No Switch. Yeah, dude. What? Nintendo <laughs> Nintend No Switch. Why, why do this? Is <laughs> my mind exploding? No. Let's is, talk about how some, it like, has a smaller screen. Galaxy brain. Smaller screen. A, smaller screen and a lower resolution screen. Lower is resolution small, screen. I thought it was a hair. I thought the screen itself was a hair it's, bigger. It's still 720. Smaller. No, no. It's, it's uh, 0.7 inches smaller diagonally and still 720p okay. with less pixel density. Okay. Yeah, that part I knew. It's all around worse, but yeah, 720p is totally fine. The pixel density being lower is bad. Uh, let me Give tell you something it, else about that screen that's really bad. No brightness control. So I heard that it is no automatic brightness control, which is different than none at all. Okay. okay. That's a big difference. That's at least salvageable. I don't know if that means there's like a slider or a wheel on the side or whatever. Yeah. It just doesn't exist. As a person that has never played my Switch docked, a.k.a. maybe the person that this is designed for, I don't want it. It has a D-pad, though, which I am True. honestly very angry about because, uh, spoiler alert, I've been playing Mario Maker still, and wow, the D-pad is bad on the Joy-Cons! Yeah. <laughs> don't do that! <laughs> uh, it's great. I, yeah. I really like yeah. that game. Yeah, you've been um, sitting I, with it two weeks now, so... yeah. Yeah, uh, I've been using my Pro Controller mostly because it has a D-pad, and I want, yeah, not a good one, Uh, and I wanted to try it with the Joy-Cons to see if it felt better. No, no, it's much worse. Okay, because the touchscreen buttons. Uh, The touchscreen is fine, but you can only use it to like make levels. You would never use it to play. Okay, yeah, Um, Um, or you can't use it to play. It's only for making. And I haven't made any levels still because I'm not creative. Two weeks into this. Is it what we thought? Is it going to be the thing that everyone needs to have for their system? You know, like everyone with a Wii U had Mario Kart 8. Yeah. I think that, well, I I would have argued that everyone should have had Mario Maker 1. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, okay. But um, yes. it yes. should have, whether should it should have, have or but did. But Mario Maker 1 came out late in the like, life cycle of the system. That's Mario true. Kart 8 came out early. Yeah. Uh, you know, Super Smash on the Wii U was ignored, so... I was trying to think of like the quintessential what everyone had. Is it going to be that, or is it going to be something else for the week? I mean, the answer for, for the, this uh, switch. for the switch, the answer for this or the switch is going to be Smash Ultimate because I seem like that's the still the highest selling thing. Uh, that and like Breath of the Wild. But if you like playing Mario games, you should probably get this. Okay, I have heard from people who know more about this than me that the physics in each of the various modes are not exactly accurate. So if you really, really care. Uh, it's not the same as Super Mario World or Mario 1 or Mario 3 or whatever. Huh. But also, since it adds a bunch of stuff that was never possible in those games, eh? <laughs> you know, like you can have low gravity levels. You can do all kinds of weird, crazy stuff. Um, 
and it, the game is just fun. You know, it's just fun to run around and play Mario levels. I turn it on um, not every night, but some nights and play a few levels in either endless or like, oh, what's popular this week and like play some of the levels. Um, it's really cool. And, you know, just like there's endless levels out there. You just keep hitting refresh and getting different stuff and then dying because a guy just put a million Koopas or whatever on the first screen. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. you forgot to uncheck Kaizo. Uh, no, th- uh, you wish there were filters like Kaizo. <laughs> uh, there are not. Um, yeah, the, the filtering and sorting stuff is still a problem. Um, but at least like, you know, it, generally if you use the tag like short and sweet, you're going to get levels that are shorter rather than longer meandering puzzles. So. All right. I wish. The D-pad's still bad though. I wish that the Switch was called the Switch Kids or something like that. Because I can't, my fingers can't handle a smaller Switch, which this is. I'm already cramping up, like, yeah. with my, I love playing my Switch handheld, but even then, after like an hour or two, it's tough on your fingers. And if uh, you're playing with a single Joy-Con, like, dude, those are really small. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is a Switch Kids, basically, right? I mean, it's gotta be, like, this is the predecessor to, then refreshing with a Switch XL for next Christmas. Not this Christmas. Right? I don't necessarily see it as focused on kids, but I do see it focused on like, hey, this is the second Switch for your household. Okay. But it can't dock. Right. It's so, impossible to dock. Not only like it, it's not good at it or there's something. There's no it's connection. Unable to do it. Yeah. Boggles my mind. Ugh. But, you know, I, look, people are going to buy this because there are people, you know, like you, Andrew, and other people who only play it as a handheld. Yeah. Or only would play it as a handheld. Yeah. And it being smaller is actually an asset in that case because this thing is pretty big. Like, trying to take it in a case of some sort and around, you have to be wearing some really big pants to fit oh, that yeah. in Oh, yeah, it's definitely like a backpack scenario. And, you yeah. know, they, they're launching it right. They have that red and blue and gray one coming along with uh, Pokemon Sword. And it looks like I'm jealous of how it looks. It's got a cool, it's got a D-pad and it looks cool. And I'm like, come on, I want a bigger version. Like, give me a Switch XL. I don't care that I need a backpack. I take one with me anyway. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I just, I think at some point, I, the, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, I don't understand. The right it price. doesn't make any sense to me. They're going to sell a lot of them. And I yeah. think that's that is the biggest thing more than like targeting it at kids is it's targeting it at, at a lower price point demographic. Two hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah two hundred is just so easy is, for well, you know, compared to three hundred. Yeah. Yep. For you know, okay, hold on. I like the Switch a lot, and the games on the Switch are good. So frankly, if you don't have a Switch. And you want to play like me, just handheld. Maybe this is good. I don't know how people with bigger hands are going to do it, though. I just can't imagine. But something with six hours of battery life, because it has more battery life than the, the current Switch, uh, which you can do with a smaller screen and no hard docking hardware, right? Like, right. the Joy-Cons don't come off, the screen is and, smaller. And in theory, they have gotten a next rev up of the processor. Not more powerful, but like, Usually power like efficiency, more power efficient. efficiency, refinements. Yeah. yeah. So you save power there. You save power in the various other components that you can mic or you know shrink or whatever. So so it leaves me thinking it's not bad. It's just maybe not for me. Yeah, I'm super with you right there. 
I like I agree they're probably going to sell a billion of these. I just don't I it, I don't get it. As a person who plays almost exclusively docked, they're like, "Well, you're taking away the thing I like." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Weird that there's no like dongle. Even if you don't get the uh you know, the dock upgrades the power so that you can play it higher frames per second or whatever in the current switch uh and higher resolution. I think actually the dock just lets it expend more power like it it's charging the battery constantly so it can run off the ac or off the ac power rather than internal power Mm -hmm. so they don't bother safeguarding against using too much power Uh, that's literally (laughs) all it does okay well it's still which like then has the result of yeah unleash the beast sort of thing yeah exactly um it's even without that upgrade of having the dock power you know weird that you can't like oh here's the like $15 $15 adapter if you really want to plug into a TV for some reason. Yeah, you can still they, pair to it. You can still pair Joy-Cons to it. And it's USB-C charging still. So they have the port at the bottom just like the current one does. It's yeah. the same port. Mm-hmm. You could just like add a dongle that says like, hey man, here's this tiny little box that you would plug into this USB port that then you plug your HDMI cable into it and now all of a sudden you get you know video out. Yeah, No rumble, but who cares? I like the rumble, but yeah, I'm I'm with you. Who cares? I, I don't mind the rumble. I I have mine on, even though I guess I could turn it off and save battery. But anyway, anything else on the Switch Lite? It comes in cool colors, and at least one exclusive variant already. Yeah, the Pokemon one looks good. Yeah, I, I think it. what I think what this really means is that there will now be zero games going forward that use HD rumble. There will be zero games going forward that use whatever this IR sensor that's on it is for oh, that no one no. has ever used. Really. There will be zero games going forward that you has some reason to use the kickstand, which there already isn't any. Uh, one, two, Switch and Mario Party. And, and there will be very, very few, if any, games going forward that make you use a single Joy-Con because this can't do that. So Oof. that's it's going to be all those things may as well not exist because you want to hit every system, right? I've changed my mind again. I hate this. Well, I mean, I feel like with the rumble, you could probably still do have it do both ways, right? Yeah, I mean, it's possible it has a like non HD rumble or whatever, you know, so you can get some kind of vibration out of this thing. I don't, I don't know. It doesn't have any rumble. Okay. Well, I mean, if you if they can code in for you to turn rumble on and off in a system, they can code it in to automatically detect what kind of switch it's in and turn itself off. Uh, of course, they can do that, right? Well, I mean, just if my it issue is that they're not the going cart, to. De- it's just not going to work. So my issue is that they're just not going to devote any development time to making that a feature when they could just not develop Rumble at all. Gotcha. Yeah. And produce the same product for everyone, right? It's like a yeah. savings cost thing. So I guess. I, well, here, mm. which honestly, fine. fine. I'm fine with most of that because the so far the only game I played that uses a single Joy-Con is Super Mario Party, which I like, but is that's Joy-Con is so tiny. It's very, very small. <laughs> like I'm okay with not having to do that anymore. It is weird. It, it's very weird two years in to think about like everything that made the Switch their advertising is now dead. They, they cut this. it out, right? Yeah. Like, oh, that's, plug it that's in the, the TV. part to me that is oh, crazy. Take the Joy-Cons off. Like all that stuff is gone with this. You're going to so, have your rooftop Switch party with your friends all <laughs> sitting around. <laughs> have like eight Joy-Cons while you're playing your two games cafe or whatever. Can have swi- yeah. oh, your, your cidery cafe can have Switches. And... Anyway. I Okay. Well, now I'm back. I don't like it anymore because it's going to damage my <laughs> Switch that I own that's better than this. We'll see. 
unlikely to really affect development, I would think, at this point. Especially if behind the scenes there's another Switch coming that's better. Which yeah, it possibly. sounds like there is. Yep. Yeah, the, the 2.0 is still rumored to be coming sometime next year. Okay. You guys want to talk about some Mario since we're talking about Nintendo? I like Mario. Okay, it's when not I... on the Switch, though. Do you do you have a fever, Andy? Yeah, and or is apparently, it, or is it a chill? Uh, according to this picture, Mario's idea is to give me a suppository. <laughs> oh, no. I'm back out. I'm leaving. I don't <laughs> like Mario. <laughs> look, just look at the app logo. That pill is literally, and I mean the word literally, the size of his head. So where is he going to put that pill? We're talking Onto about Doctor Mario World, by the way. In case, yeah, okay. Doctor Mario World is a new mobile game from Nintendo and Line. The people that make the thing with stickers and chats, the, the app Line. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. They made an app that seems to me to use the same art assets from Mario Run in a weird way. <laughs> like huh. all the the overworld stuff looks like it's all the same art assets. How much do you want to hear about this game? Because I could tell you a lot. Is playing the part where you play Dr. Mario good? Yes. I like playing original Dr. Mario. No. Is this like no, that? No. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now mm-hmm. I'm now a lot less interested. Okay. Uh, in this version of Dr. Mario, the, the pills do not fall from the sky. Everything floats up from the bottom. And you kind of control, initially at least, you control how the pills come up from the bottom to try and take out the viruses. Um, so are the viruses pushing down from the top also? The viruses are, well, initially no, but yes, the viruses can be pushed down from the top towards the bottom. So it's kind of reversed uh, in a way that it's makes like it easier Tetris. for... Reverse Tetris? Yeah, it's reverse Tetris... In a way that's like a lot easier for mobile because you can pre-spin the pieces. Um, okay. You, oh. you grab, yeah, because your hands are down at the bottom, right? Oh. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, I'm not that mad about that part. Yeah. So your your since your thumb is down near the bottom, they made it. They that's where the capsules come from. Um, uh, let's back up. It's a Doctor Mario World game, so there's an overworld initially, right? It reminds me of like a, a lot of other free to play games, including Nintendo's. Pokemon free-to-play game that they did on the DS where you just move stage to stage and literally it's just puzzle after puzzle basically it moves it from being Tetris I guess into being more like a puzzle game the way that this is played um, because as they teach you I'm about 50 levels into this so there's, I, a, there's I, a lot to say I have heard it referred to as Candy Crush like <laughs> Candy Crush-esque yeah sure okay um, continue Candy Crush-esque, and I'll get to why esque in a minute, because uh, they've done the Nintendo thing already, which is, um, oh, we made a free-to-play game that's that we don't we don't like that that's that free-to-play, and so they already backed <laughs> off of it a lot. Um, so you do the overworld. The overworld has levels. You can three-star. You can zero to three-star the levels, right? Um, playing the game. Playing the game. You can spin the pieces before they go onto the map. It's match three or more, just like Dr. Mario. Um, But when you pop the things, you can grab the extra colors 
of the capsule. So like let's say you have three blues, right? You match you match a blue like you have a capsule that's red and blue. You match the blues so your capsules the viruses pop and your red capsule starts to float again like it normally would in Tetris. Uh you can grab that capsule and drag it anywhere else in the puzzle. Oh what? Yeah. Huh. Mhm. Including past other viruses like it won't get stuck if there's room for it to go. Oh, huh. As long as there's an empty space for it to go to. So, if you imagine a square of viruses, three uh, three on the side, three on the side, one in the middle, one in the middle, and then an empty space in the middle, right? And they're all red, and you've popped those blue viruses somewhere else, you can drag that red one right in the middle of that square, and it will pop the T. And then you'll still have four corner viruses left, right? Does that make sense? Huh. Huh. That's a weird mechanic change. Yes. Very, Very strange. strange. Uh, but it, that's what I mean when I say it's not Candy Crush. It's a puzzle game. Right. I mean, Dr. Mario was like Tetris, essentially. But yes. It was, it was puzzle weird. Tetris. Yeah. Puzzle yeah. Tetris. Puzzle Tetris. This is still puzzle Tetris in reverse. But you can do weird things like, well, I don't need this piece yet this capsule yet but i can't save it so i put it at the very bottom and it starts to very slowly float up towards the top and then i grab the next capsule which i can see in advance move that ahead of this one put it in this place so that when this hits there it pops i grab the two floating capsules and move them to other places in the puzzle etc does this require you to plan your moves a bunch in advance sure does god i'm so bad at that <laughs> sure does Not because for me sure does because later in the game you add bubble viruses, and so, like, if you pop whatever's above them, they float to the top. Uh. <laughs> but you can use that to your advantage, because then you can use them to float past certain things and into your capsule that you moved in the way. Um, so, as a person that loves, you know, we've been doing a lot of, like, pixel puzzle adventure on this. If you're a puzzle gamer, you actually might like this game quite a bit. Um, you can get into the fact that it has, like, hearts, and you need hearts to play levels. Oh no, the hearts don't refill for half an hour. But if you beat a level, you get a heart back. So, okay. Hmm. Uh, well, what if I'm bad, though? Because clearly I'm going to be bad at this. So, I, I do have that problem. They have um, what they call challenge levels, which are the same thing that I just described, but timed. And timed versions of this game are pretty hard. Uh, you kind of just fling the things as fast as you can and you still run out of time. And those I've lost five hearts on. And frankly, five tries in, I'm so frustrated. I'm like, I'm not coming back for half an hour anyway. Sure. It's your own personal cooldown time. Sure. Um, they tried to do, at the beginning of this, they had the exact thing from Candy Crush. Like, you know, if you play five levels, you'll get to a bonus box. And that bonus box will have the free currency in it if you hurry. Because that bonus box goes away in eight hours. That mm -hmm. lasted exactly one day. That was in the pre-launch, the soft launch version of the game. And when they announced the actual release of the game the next day, those bonus boxes had changed from eight hours to 126 hours. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was Nintendo being like, nah, this is too Candy Crush. This is, you know, like, 
But you still can go in and buy more hearts and more energy yes, and more yes. coins. And but but so, look, you can still go in and buy the thing that breaks blocks for you so that you can, you know, like pre, you know, change things into bombs for you. All sorts right. of stuff. I haven't used a single one of them. I haven't run into a time that I've needed more hearts. I haven't. But that's always the thing in the beginning of these games, though, right? I'm f- like, I'm pretty far Candy into Crush, this you game. Don't, you don't need that stuff until you get to level one thousand or whatever, sure. and then all of a sudden it's like impossible. I have wondered about the challenge levels needing them. You know what I mean? Um, there is a versus mode in this game too, which is oh gosh, yeah. Uh, this is where the game starts to get bad in terms of. I'm already bad at Tetris 99. You can't be make uh, me do this. <laughs> Let me tell you something bad about this. Characters in this uh, game have powers. Mm-hmm. And the powers go to verses, and some of them are just better than the others. Oh, boy. So you mm-hmm. need to get those ones that do the things, you know? And you got to pay the diamonds that cost real money. Or whatever. Anyway. Not now, Andrew. Not a good How part. do you acquire the characters? Uh you could pay four thousand of the free money. So I've I've gotten two characters for free, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. So in fifty levels of playing the game, which took me probably like two if I was in it for like two hours solid, you know, I got two characters worth of money. But that money is spent on a blind box. Yeah, it is. Yeah, a large blind box. Um, oh, boy. Once you hit three times of getting the same character, you can't get that character anymore in the blind box. But in the, me- in, the me- it. in the meantime, those other two were wasted? <laughs> no, they upgrade the versus power. Oh, okay. Well, that's something at least, I guess. Yeah, not great. Still not great. Yeah, not great. <laughs> Bummer. I think that it will have a large following at the beginning, just like last time with Super Mario Run, actually. And then when it gets to the thousands of levels and you need the items, it will have a huge falling off. But they've already Nintendoed it up, and it's not super free-to-play in terms of, like, forcing you to do anything. I didn't even log in the last three days, and I haven't missed anything, right, except for... They have five dailies that you can do, but the dailies only reset when you do them. So it's not like you have to got to be on every 12 a.m. to get my dailies or whatever, you know? Sure. That's nice. Um, yeah. They give you free items for playing versus, which are also blind box, but at least they're giving you free items for playing versus. It's kind of, uh, it's okay. The puzzle part of it's good. If it wasn't a free-to-play game and they released it as a puzzle thing, even with the reverse of it, you know, not being Dr. Mario, but putting it on your phone or whatever, uh, I think it would be pretty popular. Rant, you know, it's just a puzzle game. Yeah. So, I Man, the puzzle also, part of in, it sounds interesting, but some of those other things sound extremely not. You cannot convince me that in Versus I have not been playing against bots because the rubber banding is ridiculous. Oh, no. Yeah. Yikes. That's That's classic Nintendo, though. Yeah. It's like, yeah, oh, Japanese characters, guy, it's a bot. The guy's losing, gotta give him a huge bonus like, so that he catches up. It's 1am in Japan, I, I really doubt, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, the matchmaking is putting me up against a person from Japan, so. 
uh here you go that's dr mario i i dig it in the way that like i'll stop playing it in like three weeks <laughs> i was gonna say i guess and then at that point for the cost of no dollars you got a pretty good deal when, yeah so like if i put 20 hours into it and get to the point that like oh i actually have to use the you know free block breaker i have to get three stars on this level that's when i'm out like once i can't I've puzzled a way to get to three stars on every single level all the way through 50 without using any paid anything ever playing at my own pace, not in, encumbered by the game or the free to play stuff. When that starts to happen, I'll be done. You know, like it was a good puzzle game. See you later. And that's, I think all you could really ask for in this instance. As um, long as you feel that letting Nintendo have all your data is worth it. Yep. Or line in this case, I guess. I guess line, hmm. yeah. All right. Well, before we wrap it up for the day, um, you want to talk about a good doggo? I feel like, I like JJ, you have a lot to say about the Picard poster. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I know I want to save it for our Star Trek podcast, but it's too timely. Nah, it's okay. It's all I right. have to do it now. Sure, yeah. It, look, no one has a problem with a dog. Dogs are great. People can pet them. Everyone likes petting dogs great in a tv show i don't watch a tv show to watch someone pet a dog i watch it to do have characters talk at me or for stories to happen or whatever unless the dog is like his therapy dog or integral in some way to the plot (laughs) the dog is essentially there to cover up the fact that other parts of the show aren't good and that worries me a lot picard be an an alien dog you never know Hey, you know, if if it's an alien dog and it can talk and there's a whole bunch of stuff with it, oh then my I god, if the my dog comment. can talk, if the dog can <laughs> talk, Tucci died on another planet. Oh my god, what if the dog is Riker? <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. What if like? But it won't be. Oh my god. What if he calls the dog number one? That actually would be extre- an extremely <laughs> savvy move for them, but I don't know that they would do it. If he calls the dog number one, will you take it back? No. Okay. I think that there are multiple ways that the dog could be interesting. I, and I agree. Show. I'm not uh, going to say that it, is, it only can be bad. There are ways it could be good. I am just concerned that it will not be. All right. I I actually kind of like the poster. Uh, I think the weird solar flare into your eyeballs is weird, but the, there's a vineyard there. So something's going on. I'd there's a lot in this that I want to see. I want to see him travel the universe with an alien talking dog. I <laughs> I want to see him only be uh, making wine for a whole season. I want to see, you know, like... The, the trailer had the one thing I don't want to see, which is uh, boring in a room talking about why you left Starfleet. I don't care. Like, move on and show me what Picard's doing. And if that's walking through vineyards with a talking dog he calls number one then that's what i want i want that to be something good but i just don't don't trust these showrunners to make that show oh boy we'll know more soon i suspect we will yep. we will um seeing of which if you go to our youtube or our website or anywhere you can find podcasts there's a star trek podcast it released uh we could no. Friday? Almost, yeah, fr- well, the Friday before you hear this, so like five days ago. You should go find it. It's uh, Well, if you've watched Discovery, you should go find it. If you haven't yes. watched Discovery, what, JJ, should they watch Discovery? 
it's pretty good so far. I don't know. I mean, I haven't I haven't seen every episode, so I can't. Maybe uh, maybe the ending isn't great, but I don't know. Who knows? We're in so it far, a little bit. We're enjoying it. We're in it a little bit, and you can come enjoy it with us in the shroom chamber. The shroom chamber. <laughs> if you uh, if you want to listen to that, also we'll be doing a podcast on Comic Con, so stay tuned for that. If you have any thoughts on Comic Con or you want to email us. While we're there, we'll check it one time, maybe, and uh, maybe we'll answer your question live at Comic-Con if you email us at where? Podcast at WeWereGamers.com. Or tweet us, or or Instagram us. Yeah, at WeWereGamers. We will check maybe all of those social medias before we record. All right. In the meantime, uh, Excelsior. I'm going to go line up for a minifig. (laughs) Smart. It's going to get out now, you savvy. (laughs) Savvy, <laughs> bring a tent. I have a tent. You can borrow it. We've I mean, got maybe t- there's probably already people in line for Hall H. So, can you line up for Barb now? No, because it's not the first day. You'd get displaced by the lines for. Could I line up Spider-Man to the line for Barb now? <laughs> maybe it's outside. Certainly, no one would stop you. I mean, I know people who are lining up for Hall H on Saturday on Thursday. No. I thought they fixed yes. this with the armbands. Uh, the armbands do solve that problem, but there are unofficial lines. Well, you got to line lines. up for the armbands, right? Yes, yeah. exactly. Uh, and there are there are unofficial lines for the further days that start early. And yeah. And all of these people are all part of like mega groups I'm or whatever. I'm my head into like, my microphone. Where they're like <laughs> staying for... Each of them have a slot of like this four hours or whatever, and oh. they stay for those four hours, and then all 60 people come together on Saturday to all get the armbands now or whatever. I remember why I get yeah. drunk before getting to the con floor.